Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless, the podcast that teaches you how to live a healthier lifestyle that makes you and the planet happier. The world is changing quickly. Sometimes it feels like you can't keep up. I hear you. You want to make the world a better place. You care, but you don't know where to start. You know taking care of yourself is important, but how? I get it. I have a history of diving into a new endeavor, seeking perfection, and quickly feeling like I failed. Whether it was going vegan or learning how to recycle more, I wish I had guidance to keep me on track and not overwhelmed. I can't lie, the world needs your help. But it doesn't need you to be perfect. This podcast is here to help. Here we go. The day this episode is first being released is November 1st, 2023, and that is World Vegan Day. So I thought that it would be appropriate to talk about being vegan for the animals on this day. It is admittedly a topic or a part of my being vegan that I talk about less. I talk more about my personal journey with health and plant-based diet and with the connection to the environment, which oftentimes I kind of loop in animals when talking about that. But I know that sometimes I'm nervous maybe to talk too much about the animal agriculture industry because it really turns people off. And I decided to do this episode anyway because it's not like that doesn't happen on this podcast. There are many episodes that focus specifically on the animal agriculture industry, the terror of it, the horror of it, what we can do about it. But for some reason, having my own episode about the same topic or posting about it on social media has always made me a bit nervous that people would be upset. But I'm in my era of not worrying about that as much because those aren't the people that are going to be following me or want to listen to this podcast. But if you're here still listening and you are new to learning about the animal agriculture industry, or maybe what that even means. It is the industry that we farm animals for food and for material, basically. So a lot of people, I think, want to pretend that this can't be that bad. Like, how bad could it actually be? The reality is really freaking bad. The pain and agony experienced by sentient beings, meaning beings just like us, is really brutal. I mean, so brutal that oftentimes people can't even watch footage. We would rather not know how that food got to our plate. We would rather think about a cow grazing in some beautiful big green field, and then it just happened to die, and there comes your steak, right? That is so far from the truth. And it is important to settle in and learn about these things so you can make an educated decision about how to live your life, whether that's your food or your lifestyle, with information that you should have. A lot of information in our world in late-stage capitalism about big industries and about these big cultural insidious things and systems of abuse We're not supposed to learn about them because if we learn about them, then we might want to change them. So I think this is one of those things because animal agriculture is really a money-making machine. And to uncover that and to maybe start to think about that differently would make those people less money. And they don't want that. 
So let's talk about what happens to these animals. For example, think about why female humans produce milk to feed their offspring when they're young, just like cats and deer and mice, dogs, any other animal. Cows and goats are no different, but for some reason we've normalized drinking the milk of another mammal beyond being babies. Cows do not just produce milk, so they are forcibly impregnated again and again while being held in a restraining device. Then once they give birth, their babies are taken from them. If they're male, they'll be sold for beef, and if they're female, they'll continue into the same fate as their mothers, continuing a very vicious cycle. I'm just going to touch on a few of the main farmed animals that we think of in our Western world. This goes for so many different animals in different industries around the world. But chickens is, chickens are so brutally abused in the animal agriculture industry. It is not like, it does not matter that it is farm to table or farm fresh or organic or free range. Most of those words are bullshit and they just are there to make you feel better. And if you're getting upset by this, I am just passing on information that I think is important for you to have. So remember, if you're having a strong reaction, to just sit with it and to look into it yourself. This doesn't have to stop in this episode, but I know some of this is hard to hear. Chickens have a similarly traumatizing fate in our world. Hens are often confined in cages and not provided with a perch or even enough space to actually flap their wings. So depending on the farmer, there's no access to outdoor space which is most of the largest chicken meat brands provided in our Western world and in the United States, for sure. Hens are de-beaked as not to harm each other because of close quarters. Despite their lifespan being much longer, it's standard that hens get sent to butcher at 18 months after they've been forced to produce a massive amount of eggs. Male chicks are actually almost always killed at birth, as they're no use to the industry. They're thrown into a macerator and ground up alive. The breed of chicken used for eggs versus meat differs, so if you put them next to each other, they look almost nothing alike. They've been selectively bred for hyper-production, egg-laying hens for high egg volume, meat chickens for rapid growth, and maximum breast meat yield. Both types suffer from physical problems brought on by genetic selection for these traits. That's a quote from Cowspiracy and their website, which has a ton of good information. Finally, pigs are another one we often think of in the animal agriculture industry. Pigs are kept in concrete pens. They have no straw. They're often denied enough space to turn around. Piglets are born. They're kept on the other side of a cage, so the only contact they have is the mother's teats so they can feed. Pigs are, like, incredibly incurious and intelligent animals. They get really depressed in these situations. They're as smart as your pet dog. I really encourage you, if this is all brand new information, to go visit a farm sanctuary because meeting the animals that we've thought as it's and seeing them as them is a really life-changing experience. I think it can be really eye-opening and make you see them as beings. Being vegan for the animals also has more to do than just using animals as food, right? There is a lot of industries, animal testing is used for medicine, for body products, perfumes, makeup. 
oftentimes products that we put on our bodies, if we're not using a company that is trying to do better and refuses to do that, it's been tested on animals. So it's not just what you eat. It is the things you purchase, the things you put on your body. Animals are exploited in so many different ways. Another one is entertainment. You can think of SeaWorld or zoos where there are animals where they absolutely shouldn't be there, confined in spaces, and they are just used as entertainment purposes. One of the things that helps us do this, and I did a podcast episode about this a while ago that I can link, one of the ways we can get through this, because all of us would say, we love animals, or I love my dog, or I love my pet. Maybe not everyone loves animals, but you can think of your cat or your childhood dog or whatever it is that you love, you would never hurt. And how can we then eat animals that have similar traits? Like, how can we get our brains around that? And it's a thing called cognitive dissonance. There is an ability sometimes for our brain, for better or worse, to put things in these categories, and it actually helps us to say, oh, that's different. But what learning about this makes you realize is that it's not actually that different than your pet in your home. If you love animals, you learn more and more how to cause less harm to them just by our existence. Hey there, it's me. If you're digging this conversation so far around conscious living in this episode and you're feeling inspired to make change, that's literally why I'm here. If you want sustainable ways to be sustainable, you hear eco-friendly or green and wonder if you're doing it right, You want to make your diet more earth-friendly by going vegan. You want to live a more connected life, but you're not even sure what that means. No judgment. It is possible to feel excited about making changes to make a difference in the world every single day with your choices, to go vegan and stay vegan without feeling like you're missing anything, or to learn how to make good choices for the planet without feeling stressed. I help folks who are ready to make changes in their life that support their health and the world around them through supportive coaching, practical education, and steps that make you enjoy the process. If that's you, email me at consciouslycarly at gmail.com and let's chat. Back to the episode. Which gets into another piece of kind of a foundational understanding of veganism when you dive into this and animals are a motivating factor. There's this ethical piece that you believe animals have the right to live free from harm and exploitation. That sounds nice. But when we're consuming animal products, we're directly contributing to the demand for those products. So we then perpetuate that cycle of cruelty. So going vegan can be a choice that helps, maybe helps you align with your values of compassion and justice and respect for all living beings. That sounds like I know what a lot of people in my life and a lot of listeners believe, right? Compassion, justice, respect for all living beings, and to continue to open that up to not just human beings, but everyone that inhabits this land. It can be a way to demonstrate that we believe animals do deserve to be treated with kindness and empathy, and they're not commodities. So we contribute to a world then that sees that everyone has value and everyone deserves this beautiful life. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo, but that is such a beautiful thing to believe. Like, I don't care if it sounds woo-woo. It's an incredible thing that veganism has helped me see and grow in my compassion for all living beings, extending not just to 
animals and sentient beings in that way as we understand them, but humans too. Being vegan and understanding that all of us have this right to live has helped me be kinder to other people as well. I want to go through a few kind of common counters when people hear about how bad animals are treated for our world, for our food, for our products, and just maybe help you prepare for those or help you think about these things differently. So maybe you thought, okay, how like bad is it really? What if vegans are being dramatic? I love hearing from people who have previously worked in slaughterhouses. I mean, I don't love it, but I think it's a really important perspective to share their experience in, in trying to make a difference. A lot of people are coming out of these situations and turning into animal rights activists because of the experience of witnessing slaughter. I want to share this quote from a former slaughterhouse worker, Josh Agland, who is now an advocate. Their senses are in overload. They smell and taste the feces, blood, and steam in the air. They hear so much foreign noise, the clunking of mechanical chains, control valves, shouting of the workers, industrial white noise. One-way gates prevent animals from backing away in fear. Many get caught as they sprint forward to remain close to a friend for comfort. That is heart-wrenching. And that is the reality of most of the animal products we are consuming in terms of food or products or whatever it is. They, I think there is this idea that we want to think that's not real for what we have. We have organic or free range or whatever. Those are not regulated terms, so that actually means nothing. And also, the world is not big enough for the amount of people we have to support everyone getting free-range meat from a cow that had this much area to roam. It still had to die, one, so it's unnecessary, but it's also just not feasible for everyone to have that kind of more luxurious option. So that's why this factory farming exists and... The argument for humane meat has often been called a yuppie argument because it's usually a more privileged subset of our population that can afford to pay more for their already costly animal products. There is another argument that comes up sometimes like, why focus on animals? There are so many human rights issues. But this is a human rights issue. Have you ever stopped to think about what working in a slaughterhouse must be like? It's traumatizing. It's been named again and again, one of the most dangerous places to work. They are exposed to chlorine, ammonia, other chemicals that have been linked to respiratory issues. One study found that slaughterhouse workers, butchers, and other exposed to animal carcasses inhale oncogenic viruses or viruses that can lead to cancer cell formation. The mental trauma and anguish from working in slaughterhouses is just really overlooked. People come out with nightmares and these Issues are because of the demands from the animal agriculture issue. It is killing and harming humans. It is not something that gets done in this beautiful, epic way. It's really brutal and it's really bad. And another thing is that all of the crops that are grown to feed all of the animals to feed to us could just go to us. In our world, there are more than a billion people that go hungry every day. The animal agriculture industry produces enough food to feed 10 billion people. That's still more than our world population. 
The U.S. alone could take all the grain currently fed to livestock and use it for human consumption, and the number of people who could be fed would be nearly 800 million. Worldwide, over half of grain is fed to livestock, and 82% of starving children live in countries where food is fed to animals, and the animals are eaten by Western countries. This is a human rights issue. If you have a passion for ending world hunger, making choices about what's on your plate is an extremely important topic to make. I know that you're probably getting overwhelmed. This is a lot of information. If this is new, it can be like, what the hell? I can't believe I didn't know all of this. Where do I start? I have to dive in and do everything now. Maybe you're not there at all. Maybe this isn't new information. Maybe you're not convinced. I encourage you wherever you're at to look into things more, to explore more, to do more of your own research. But I believe, and from my standpoint, our world is built on exploitation of humans and animals. Waking up to this fact can really change the game. It can make the choices you make every day feel more meaningful and feel like you're contributing to less harm. Being vegan for me is about a lot of things. I love talking about it. I love coaching and helping people who want to live more sustainably, who want to have a plant-based diet, who want to be more mindful about their choices and in their practices. But a big part of it is for the animals too. And I want to make sure that is clear because it is really important and become a foundational belief for me that guides why I'm doing this and why I care so much. The realities are grim and heart-wrenching, and you have to hear about suffering when you learn about this, but there are things you can do. It is our collective responsibility to speak up and demand change for these things that are killing ourselves and our planet. Not only is it harming these animals, but it's killing our bodies, it's killing the planet, all the things that I talk about. We can support ethical and cruelty-free alternatives. We can advocate for animal welfare laws. We can make conscious choices in our own lives. All of these things are contributing to a world where animals are treated with compassion and respect. And we can contribute to making a world that is free of cruelty towards any living being. And this is one step in that. I hope this was helpful and sparked questions and maybe made you think about things a little differently. If you're spinning and need support, this is exactly why I am a coach. I want to help this feel less overwhelming and give you power back so you can make choices that feel really good. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Consciously Clueless. And for that, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tag me and share in social media. Share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. To get more resources, influence on topics covered, and bonus content, join the Consciously Clueless community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash consciouslycarly. And don't forget, if you need help living more consciously, let's work together. Email me today. See you next Wednesday for a new episode.